this. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? Um, so not watching movie because I haven't been to the movie theater in a while, but I have been watching Winning Time on uh, Max. It's no longer HBO Max. It's uh, about it's like a dramatization of the '80s Lakers. Have you seen it? I haven't. Uh, I need to watch it. Yeah, uh, John C. Riley plays uh, from Step Brothers and. Talladega Knights. He plays um, the owner, Jerry Buss. Drew me in immediately <laughs> because I mean it's not like a common, not like one of his comedic roles. There is comedy into it, but it's like, oh, he's doing a really good job. And then it felt like everybody they cast in this just is more so almost like this guy looks a lot like Magic Johnson. <laughs> he's doing really good, so I'm into it. But um, Jason Siegel's in it as one of the coaches and Adrian Brody plays Pat Riley. It's a great show. It's a great show. All right. Well, I'll, I'll well, have to. Spencer have to... says Jerry West is the best. Um, yeah. Uh, either him or Pat Riley this season. I thought he's been really good. But anyway, that was producer Spencer. Uh, I th- I'm guessing he's a fan. <laughs> you know, there's another good movie that's coming out soon. And uh, the NFL is really leaning into it. It's the script of the NFL season that's coming out. I thought it was actually really funny today. Um, They had Jamar Chase sit down and he was guessing what the script in chapter one would be for the 2023 season. The Bengals put out a social media video and just, uh, I I didn't realize that Jordan Battle was, was the comedian of the team. But uh, it felt like it was pretty funny. Orlando Brown Jr. going around doing a lot of the social media interviews. And he had asked some of the players, do you think the NFL scripted? A lot of them were like, "Mm, not going to say anything. I think they even talked to Logan Wilson and he said no right away. Um, And it was just kind of funny watching that social media video. But Jordan Battle looked at him after he put the mic in his face and he goes, is your life scripted? And everyone kind of joked a little bit about the the script last year with the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. So I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's we're getting there. We're getting down to the final part of preseason. Joe Burrow in attendance last night at the FC Cincinnati game. Again, we're recording this on a Thursday. He's with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Um, T. Surprising Hayden. one too. Did you see Carlos Dunlap was there? I see. I saw Carlos Dunlap trying to sneak into those photos. He was with them. He was with them. What do you mean? I saw him, I saw him back there kind of leaning into the photos of, of all of the, the players. You can't really hide. I mean, so, so, so I, I, I could see where he's like, hey, hey, guys, remember me? I, I was former former teammate of, of the Cincinnati Bengals. But, uh, but yeah, I thought it was um, it was cool to see those guys there. Obviously, when Messi's in town, you're going to see the, the stars of Cincinnati showing up on the sidelines. Sam Hubbard was there, too. Um, thought it was – but it was pretty cool to to just see. Looks like Joe Burrow uh, walking just fine. I'm sure a lot of people were looking at the videos and, all right, all right, what's Joe looking like? When's Joe's return? Look, this is the last week. Zach Taylor talked to the media today, and he pretty much said training camp has been done for the team since Tuesday. So Thursday is technically the last day of practice. They get a light practice, and it's like 100 degrees in Cincinnati, and I'm not exaggerating right now. So they practice inside the bubble. It was only 75 minutes. Uh, They're going to travel tomorrow. They play Washington. And Zach even said that 
not the whole team. Like a lot of guys are going to be left behind in Cincinnati. Um, I expect Joe Burrow to not make the trip to FedEx field. And that is totally fine. Leave the other guys behind. You get your bubble roster spots. Some of the younger guys, the rookies you're going to see on Saturday, but it's mostly just going to be about that for their third preseason game. Uh, while the rest of them get about two weeks out from from the regular season. And to be determined if Joe Burrow is back returning to practice next week, all eyes will be on practice as they're two weeks out starting on Mon- or starting on Sunday, actually, but practice again on Monday. Uh, what are you looking forward to in this last preseason game? Uh, Trivion Williams isn't playing. That's what I was really looking forward to is trying to see him pass block. Um, but I guess we just have to believe. <laughs> 12 pass, 12 pass block snaps in his career and all the indications are, yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy for that role. Did he do it last year? No. <laughs> he's the guy. Um, yeah, I, there's that. I'm looking forward to seeing Yossi Vash and Charlie Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big one. Uh, oh, the the roster battle of Dominique Davis and Jay Tufele, another one to look for. Miles Murphy. Hopefully going to get some snaps in this one because he missed the Atlanta game. Uh, DJ Turner, he'll be fun to watch. Jordan Battle, Tyson Anderson, plenty of guys on the defense I feel like are going to be fun watches. On the offense, there is the battle, the three-person battle at tackle. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many of those they keep between Adeniji, Carmen, and Smith. So looking at that, see if any tight end – makes an impact they really haven't to me so far there's flashes of fine but nothing (laughs) that makes you really want one of the tight ends uh like oh we got to keep him over mitch wilcox um that's probably i'm hoping chase brown gets some blocking in this game as well man i feel like he's just the blocking's been bad in general in the preseason i don't think anybody's gotten good blocking but i do feel I don't have any stats to back this up other than just my eyes. Uh, I, I feel like Chase Brown has gotten the worst blocking out of any of the backs, and I'd like to see him get an opportunity there. So anybody I miss that you're looking to see? You're no, into the Trey Hill, uh, Max Sharping battle? Oh, goodness. But you know what? Here's the thing. We've mostly just watched a lot of backups in the last three preseason games. I know that they yeah. played their starters in, in the first or in the second one. And then we obviously saw Dax Hill in the first one. And it, it, maybe I'm just being optimistic because I really like the 2023 draft class. But overall, doesn't it feel a little different from those preseason game number. I know they're only playing three um, over the last few years, but you remember the, that fourth preseason game when they normally played the Indianapolis Colts. And it was just like at the back, 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 back end of the roster. It really, it didn't feel like a whole lot of roster battles because the talent really wasn't even on the starting roster. And now you have all of this talent on the offense and defensive side of the ball. Starters aren't traveling to Washington, but at the same time, a lot of these younger guys are, are fun to watch and and what that's going to look like where they're going to land i think we can all agree that out of all the preseason games the first two 
Yoshi has been one of the most exciting players, and I mm-hmm. can't wait to see him again on Saturday. I think that's going to be fun. And and Charlie Jones, too. I, I still think he has more to show out there because his first one was a little disappointing, showed up a little more in game two. What are you going to see out of that? I think you you bring up a great point with Chase Brown because we still don't know. It feels like a big question mark. Just with the running back room alone, I think Chris Evans, and look, I try not to buy too much into hype when preseason or even training camp, but I feel like maybe he saved himself a job and maybe mm-hmm. I can, I'm going to be completely wrong next week and they cut him. But look, when your running back room is still a little bit unknown and, and maybe the Cincinnati Bengals and the coaching staff know more, and I'm not counting about Joe Mixon. I don't want to get into that topic. I'm talking about the other the other players on the roster, RB2, RB3, uh, what that does look like because it felt like Travion Williams. We still need – I want to see more from Travion. I believe they believe in Travion. But, you know, what number is he? And is Chase Brown just going to be a little bit of a, a project his rookie year? Uh, what are the expectations for that? So that's what I'm looking forward to in this game three and I think they do have some decisions to make I mean some hard decisions to make on the offensive line um I I still think uh, it's a question mark with Jackson Carmen but I still think they keep him as left tackle depth to be completely honest with you based on the history yeah Yeah. so that's that's where I'm at right now um but I still feel like there's a lot of exciting guys to watch on Saturday and I'm actually looking forward to it yeah I'm looking forward to it I'm not super excited i just i, I, won't, I just won't i just won't be there till the regular season like regular season game one i'll be amped mm-hmm. for but i i don't know i <laughs> before this i didn't even watch the preseason games now i'm watching and re-watching and everything else because uh you know part of the job um yeah. and like i'm enjoying it but you know Growing up as a Bengals fan, I just kind of skipped this <laughs> for the most part. Like some people would have some takes, and I just go, huh. <laughs> it's like, we'll see in the regular season. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff that doesn't really matter too much right now. But yeah, Yossi Voss, he's been the most exciting player all preseason. I think DJ Turner has also been really exciting. And obviously, Tyson Anderson had a two interception game. Um, it'll be interesting to see which guys, you know, step up and really show this game that they need that they deserve that roster spot. I feel like oh, we didn't even talk about it. How excited since we didn't even talk about it, how excited are you to figure out who this backup quarterback's gonna be? Dude, I just I'm I'm so over it. I'm so yeah. over the I'm so over watching Jake Browning and Trevor Simeon play. I really am. I I want Joe Burrow back out there. We want I, even when it comes to practice tape, get Joe Burrow back out there. And I know they're they're being extremely smart and cautious with Joe, and I want them to be because at the end of the day, I want this guy to last the whole regular season. Um, and he's he's used to not playing in preseason and getting most of the training camp off rehabbing or you know coming back from an injury. So I'm I'm totally fine with that. But I am so over this backup quarterback play. It's just it's not it isn't good. What do you think about Reed? He's going to get some snaps on uh, in game three. Do you think he has any shot at making maybe the practice squad or something? Um, well, a shot at making the practice squad, sure. I don't know. He's not in the competition, I don't think. he would. Even if he plays really well, I don't think he's in the competition because, I mean, if you're the fourth-string quarterback and they're not even giving you snaps in the other preseason games, oh. I don't know. That's true. Well, you know, it's funny about the quarterback conversation because we actually talked about it on Tuesday. Brandon Allen might be staying in with the Niners. Yeah, the Trey Lance stuff. I don't know if anybody wants to trade for him, though, because he comes with uh, 
nine mil cap hit is what he carries for the Niners, and it costs twenty million to cut him. So they're not going to do that. I mean, I don't, I don't think they would. No, they're going to trade him if they can. If anybody wants him, that's true. I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot of tape out there, so it's extreme. It's just. What were the 49ers thinking? I mean, I know everybody wants to hit and get that Joe Burrow, uh, Patrick Mahomes type in the first round. And, and I'm just grateful that the 49ers didn't take Jamar Chase. Um, well, they traded up. They were never taking They Jamar weren't going to take a wider. But look, right now, Jamar Chase, uh, he might be worth a couple first rounders for a lot of NFL regular. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. But I'll just say, you know, you, you trade yeah. up your future. You do it for a quarterback. Yeah. And they knew who was going to go. They knew that Zach Wilson was two. Trevor Lawrence was one. And then it was just a question of, are they going fields? Are they going, well, the real question, I guess, was Mac Jones or Trey Lance? Because sounds like, I'm not super informed, but it seemed like front office wanted Lance and Shanahan kind of wanted Jones. But I don't know anything. I've been, Would that make a huge difference if they had Mac Jones? I, I don't know. I feel like Shanahan just wants a guy that's going to follow, you know, that is going to do what's asked and if you do that you're going to be really good just like you know jimmy g's been good and whoever they throw in there has been at least fine nick mullins and all those guys so i think he kind of wants a guy that just kind of like runs the offense but i also think that the front office was like we just lost um that was that was the year they lost to patrick mahomes in the super or you're right Two years after, year after, I can't even remember, but I'm sure that they watched themselves lose to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl or Tom Brady in the championship game or something, and just went like, "We need a quarterback like that." Um, so, I don't know. It's interesting. I Trey Lance like has to be one of the bigger NFL busts, but he almost doesn't get talked about it because he never played. Yeah, we, nobody knows what he can be. I mean, we, I don't want to be too down on him because we still don't know. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I thought for sure we, we had that conversation. Well, maybe Brandon Allen will get cut. Don't come to Cincinnati being the backup. And and you know how I feel about the backup quarterback conversation. I'm Look, as long as Joe Burrow is out there, I could care less who the backup quarterback is. As long as Joe Burrow can stay healthy through regular season, that's the only thing that matters to me. And I just don't care about backup quarterback play. I don't. I know it's been the topic of conversation. It's easy to point at that with the Cincinnati Bengals. But you look around the league. I want everybody to name, besides Cleveland, I think everybody knows Cleveland because their backup quarterback uh, played, you know, majority of the preseason getting to watch him and, and kind of he look a little better than uh, their, their current starter. Uh, but other it's teams, I don't, think, I, I don't think you can name a lot of backup quarterbacks on a lot of rosters. I mean, uh, I probably could, but I'm a degenerate. You are. I'm just yeah. <laughs> no, I am. It's fine. I mean, we should all be able to name Carolina with Andy Dalton. And see, here's the thing. There was talk. Everyone's like, well, what about Andy Dalton if he gets cut from the Panthers? He's not getting cut. And no, Andy Dalton isn't coming back to Cincinnati. It is yeah. over. It's over. There's, there's a lot wrong. Like, one, they're not cutting him, I don't think. Yeah. And then, two, he's not coming back if he is cut. If he if he gets cut, he's going to go to, like, see San Francisco or somewhere that feels like an open quarterback job. He's going to go try to compete for that not go back up Joe Burrow. It's over. Yeah, it's over. It's, it's over. been over. It's actually been over since the 2019 benching on his birthday. Um, <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, other than that, other than the quarterback play, which will probably be pretty bad to watch uh, because it is going to be but the hopefully, good. Hopefully, well, hopefully good. good. 
hopefully he has a great night because either he's going to get a practice squad somewhere or, or who knows what will happen to his future. Uh, but it, it's currently the fourth string quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals uh, getting to watch him on Saturday. But I'm just ready for the clock to hit zero. Just get the clock to zero. Let's move on. Let's get into regular season talk, kind of get that break before the week before Cleveland. And um, it just feels like it's going to be a busy. I keep saying it that contract extension news feeling like it's it's right around the corner this the Paycor stadium currently lit up as green but also have to remember that it's the jungle and the jungle is green so maybe that has nothing to do with the green lights around Paycor all week this week um but yeah so we'll see what happens with with that and the extension talk if it happens before joe gets back on the field but it just feels like joe's return could be any day now and uh they'll return to the practice field next week so We'll see what that looks like if Joe's back out there. And hopefully it's no longer 100 degrees in Cincinnati and uh, cooling off a little bit before he hits the practice field again. But any other thoughts on preseason? No, I think we covered all of them for this game, I think, to be honest. I think we stretched it as much as we could when it comes to preseason football. We got it. We got to the finish line because soon we can talk about regular season, roster, what that looks like, and expectations and predictions. So can't wait to get to that. But next, we're going to get to all of your Twitter questions. Thank you so much for sending them on Twitter. You can follow Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. We'll be back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Some double header mailbags. Thank you so much for sending them. We'll go ahead and get to some of your Twitter questions that you're throwing out there right now. If the draft was tomorrow, which position would Cincinnati target? Oh, man. They're, I don't see them as a team that targets one position. In the, I don't think they went into the draft thinking, we got to get one of these edge mm-hmm. guys. If a guy fell on them that they wanted more, they probably would have taken them. Uh, and just like last year, I don't think they were going, we need a safety in round one. Anyway, though, um, you have to think right tackle is a mm-hmm. position they'll look at. I think defensive tackle is something they'll look at. Uh, tight end, if that Brock Bowers guy falls. Running back, although I hear nothing about these running backs being first-round talents or anything. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Center, technically. Keep forgetting. I I definitely agree. I think it's going to be right tackle. I think you look anywhere on the offensive yeah. line because you're going to want to stay going cheap on that side of the ball um, if you can fit in that position. And everybody knows the price tag on an offensive lineman. And, you know, you hope Orlando Brown works out at left tackle. You're still young at Cordell Volson, uh, depending on how this season goes. Take care for one more year, but I do think it's smart to look at the center position and then you have Alex Cap on the other side. So, yeah, getting hitting on a right tackle would be absolutely huge uh, for this team. I, I feel good about receivers because I've said it before on this uh, on this podcast. If T Higgins doesn't get an extension this offseason, I still feel like they, they franchise him and they have control over him for another year. Uh, they'd franchise him for pretty much maybe a little more than what they were going to pay him for. What do you think? Oh, the light bulb moment did just go, though. Not a wide receiver to uh, take over for T. Higgins next year, but if they don't feel good enough about Charlie Jones, they can go receiver for a guy that could fill in for Tyler Boyd next year. True. True. And I trust this team. I do. I trust. I, we, we look at the resume of wide receivers. What They've hit more than they've missed. And, you know, if they feel like another playmaker is there, then they're like, okay, hey, 
the luxury of going first or second round again, and, and hopefully the Cincinnati Bengals are picking last in every round, um, that you can you you can do that if the guy is there, if your playmaker's there. So yeah, to be determined on what that looks like. I'm still not giving up on Charlie Jones though. Me either. No, I mean it's only been two preseason games. Who cares? And the second one, he looked good. Yeah, I, I want to see him on Saturday. We'll see him. What he looks like. How much you know? Will we see of Charlie Jones? What does it look like when he's on this offense? Is it more of a special teams guy? Does he get some reps with the starters at some point in regular season? I don't know. We'll see what happens. And um, but yeah, I'm still optimistic on what we're going to see out of him. But it is a huge year for him too because you still want him to get reps out there, especially if he's going to be replacing a guy like Tyler Boyd, who's still a huge part of this offense. Um, and it's just. I, like I said, I, I just I get so bummed out thinking about the last of Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati. Hopefully they can go out and get the Lombardi with him here for one more season. Let's get to another question over there in the Twitter mailbag. Who wins the wide receiver four job between Yoshi, Charlie Jones, or Trent Irwin? I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but with some more preseason games, are you feeling any different? It's always been Trent Irwin. And it was just off-season hype that made it one of the rookies. Irwin was good last year. <laughs> I mean, we all have the sour taste in the mouth from the AFC Championship game. He's not really a slot guy, so that he didn't step into there and do well. This is why I also don't love doing wide receiver four. I like thinking backup outside and backup inside. And Irwin is definitely the backup outside. I don't know if Charlie Jones has done enough for backup inside uh with the one good game one bad game i think this could be a little bit of a show for that Mm -hmm. this game coming up on saturday but when i'm thinking about it it's like they might just platoon it i wonder if tyler boyd goes down uh hopefully not long or at all but it hypothetically if it happens do they just go Charlie Jones on plays they want both their guys outside? Or if the, do they just kind of go, okay, well, we've put T there this offseason and Jamar work can work well from there. So we're just going to use one of those guys in the slot. And then we can keep Irwin outside. Or I mean, once in a while, maybe you just do throw Yoshi outside because he's got the speed to really threaten a defense. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And here's the thing, Brian Callahan, this offense, everybody involved – you know, Troy Walters, what the, the the possibilities are really endless with the wide receiver room and what we could really see and, and some of the differences, you know, along uh, regular season. But with Trent Irwin, one of my favorite plays, and I don't know if we talk about it enough, but it was a Cleveland game, the Cleveland touchdown. I loved it. It was one of my favorites from him. And I know it wasn't like huge, like, oh, that's because the Trent Irwin was able to do it. But it's just one of my favorite moments. And I feel like we don't talk about it enough. He got uh, like what a couple back shoulders that were pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for a while the Patriots game, I know he dropped the one touchdown, but he did catch one, and he was getting in the end zone, able to get a target for touchdowns. Um, yeah, I just like remember looking back and just kind of thinking like, because I rewatched a lot of the season, I didn't get past week thirteen. That's where I did not give myself enough time. But um, watching back, I was like, man. You know, Trent Irwin stepped up. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that fans aren't treating him with enough respect, although it's kind of getting there now. You see Charlie Jones kind of struggle against twos and threes in one game, and you just kind of go, oh, yeah, right, rookies. They take time. <laughs> they don't just step onto the field as good as they were in college. You have to wonder, though, last year, 
because we, I remember I remember our pods right before the trade deadline. There were people out there just hammering, get oh. a guy, you know, trade this pick for you this. You remember guy. the DJ Moore talk, the Jerry Judy talk? It's like, what? guys, Jamar Chase is missing four, maybe five games. He's not done for his career. And they were able to go three and four during that time period, which is three and one. Three and three and one. I said four, but I had it in my head. Three and one. Sorry, guys. He didn't miss four seven games. games. He didn't miss seven games. Uh, three and one. They were my- able to have a losing record during the stretch. <laughs> Goodness, my brain is my brain's no, over. My good. brain's over preseason. Uh, yeah. But no, it, it, it's it's crazy to think about because the first game we saw was the Cleveland game, and it's like, oh no, what's that this is offense? some of the disaster feel came from. It's like no, but, no Jamar Chase. What I always thought was this stretch is going to test Burrow and Taylor. Mm-hmm. Because you no longer can just line up and go, we've got the best dudes on the field. Yep. And they passed with flying colors. I mean, that was like the statement game of give Joe Burrow or statement stretch because they lost the mm-hmm. first one that they adjusted and rattled off those three in a row. That stretch to me felt like, okay, this is why you extend Taylor. And this is also why Burrow's going to get whatever he wants. Uh, you can no longer just look at it and just go like, oh, he had the best wide receivers. You know, we can't figure out. Jamar Chase missed time, and the offense was still fantastic. And it was also a stretch that I thought T. Higgins showed that he should get paid whatever he wants. But that's um, – we're not there yet. That one's not for sure happening. Yeah, kind of just one more thing about Trent Irwin, and then we'll move on. But I do feel like last year getting those moments where he had to step up and be a starter when Jamar Chase was out is extremely helpful and benefits this season too with him on the roster, because I think he would succeed on a lot of other NFL teams as an NFL quarterback. Obviously having Joe Burrow is very nice for Trent Irwin, but I think that's why this guy makes the roster. I think the coaching staff believes in him. You hear Brian Callahan talk about him, Zach Taylor. Um, You know, he has to have all the confidence in the world with what he was able to do last year and stay on this roster. And I do, I agree with you. I think it's extremely important. You have Trent Irwin out there as, as your wide receiver number four. And look, the luxury of this is you get Yoshi and Charlie Jones who get to learn their rookie year get some reps out there I'm not going to say you're sidelining them the rookie year but they're still they don't have to be the Tyler boy they don't have to be Jamar Chase they don't have to be T Higgins in their rookie season like all those wide receivers had to do and I think that's good news for your wide receiver room and they have one of the best coaches on the roster in Troy Walters so I'm excited about that do you remember it wasn't Trent Irwin who started against the Browns and played most of that game Trent Taylor no, it was Mike Thomas, Michael Thomas. And then he dropped that ball over the middle, got benched. So if you think about it, Trent Irwin, as the starter, went they went 3-0 and with him. <laughs> they didn't it's even so wild. That, that nightmare of a Monday night football game, Mike Thomas was still on the roster? Yeah, he had a key drop on a third How down. I don't remember. I thought they cut him and a, a, a lot. It was after that game. There was another play that Burrow, I think he threw an interception, and you could look at it. I looked at it, and you saw the ball go. You're like, Mike Thomas could have played defensive back here and, like, broke this up, but he didn't. I thought first um, that game was an absolute nightmare that I legit thought they cut Mike Thomas before that, even though that was early on in the season, because they went on to win 10 games in a row, but yeah. still one of those moments where Mike Thomas should had no, here's my Mike Thomas memory from last year. It's a Steelers game. The Bengals Steelers opener. Oh yeah. He dropped that ball. I, there too, man. 
I thought Joe Burrow will never throw that guy the ball ever again because of that moment. I'm like, it's over. No, no, no. You lose his trust. Uh, but, you know, a guy we're not talking enough about just kind of in the wide receiver room. But when it comes to cuts, I won't be surprised if Trent Taylor isn't on the roster next week. Yeah, he's been the one that I think you can point to as it feels like his job is not secure at all. Yeah. There's just too many bodies. I mean, you have too many wide receivers that choose from, and, and he's just the odd man out, and and that's okay. People, some people tried to point it as Irwin, possibly, and I was like, that's not um, happening, guys. Like, no. he's, just, he's the most NFL ready. Yeah, and I I would I feel good with Trent Irwin on the roster. If you would have told me that going into 2022, I would have said, oh really? Okay, all right. Let's see how that works out. I don't, I don't know if I would have had the confidence, but no, exciting stuff. Let's move on to another question. Mm-hmm. How can the Bengals' offense be more explosive? My idea has consistently been in the passing game. They have mm-hmm. to find a way to make their shotgun play action game more effective. I think there's room for improvement there. I think that can come from also another year of marrying the two together instead of trying to just put it together after the mini buy after the Thursday night game, just put together like we need to do all shotgun now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I have some faith in that. I think they've shown some stuff in the preseason. That's interesting. Not a ton of play action stuff, but like the runs they're getting to a lot. Those are interesting for me. Uh, I also think that, Hopefully Joe Mixon is healthier, although he's never been a huge explosive guy. He's mostly been a churn out yards type of player. Um, Even if you think of that Panthers game, there were two explosive plays that I can remember the screen and then the toss to the right, or maybe the counter play. So it might've been three, but even then, like, I don't know. There there wasn't a ton of like, well, there he goes for 60 yards. It's just consistently getting, five 10 yard gains which is awesome those are your doubles and sometimes even a triple but he's rarely hitting the home run can chase brown trivium williams chris evans whoever just be a spark plug at running back for some of these handoffs make the one defender that's left miss and it could be joe mixon too can he make that guy miss and turn out huge explosive plays because they really lacked explosive plays in the run game and they did in the past game as well but I think that if you could find a way to get explosive plays in the run game, it'll lead to explosive plays in the pass game, partially because you might marry it a little bit better with your play action concepts and be able to take your shots down the field. Hopefully also the last part of this would be the addition of Orlando Brown might give you two tackles who can hold up for three and a half seconds to work something that's not just a go ball down the field. I'm going to hit on something because you you bring up Orlando Brown Jr. And this wasn't a question, but it was actually in uh, the media over the last couple of days. Uh, James Rapine interviewed him over on Cincinnati Bengals Talk. And um, I think friend of the show, both. Uh, Orlando Brown Jr. I I have a feeling Orlando Brown Jr. will be on the show before the end of the season. Um, He just will. It's one of his favorites. Um, Big social media guy. I'm sure he would love to join the pod. But listening to him with James, I thought there was something that he said in there that's telling. And, and we've kind of talked about with some of these free agents wanting to come and play with Joe Burrow. You look at Logan Wilson, you look at Jermaine Pratt, kind of, I would say, taking a little bit less than what they would have been offered on another team. And I think that's that's extremely important. Everybody should get their worth. But I thought that was a pretty good deal for those two linebackers getting their extensions. But overall, uh, Orlando Brown Jr. was getting higher offers. And he chose to come to Cincinnati. He felt like it was the right team and, and just 
right place for him. And I thought that that was really telling. I, I, one thing that I've really noticed about Orlando Brown Jr. And yes, when you get paid, you're going to be pretty happy. You're going to embrace it. He seems like a really happy-go-lucky guy. But he has embraced the city since day one. He, yeah. He's there. He's in front of the camera. He's a big part of the team. Going um, to all the Reds games. Yeah, big, big, huge Reds fan. And, and we absolutely just – we love to see it, and, and I hope it works out for Joe Burrow because that's the most important thing, that this guy is a legit left tackle for the next few years and hopefully even longer than that, and he just thrives in that role because I know how badly he just wanted to be the left tackle in, 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 in his NFL career. But overall, I just think that this could be a really fun story if it works out with Orlando Brown Jr. on this offensive line and Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I fully agree. Um you know, he had the biggest offer that I think he got was from uh, Kansas City, but then they didn't do it after they won the Super Bowl for whatever reason, and they've got that whole thing going on. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. If he took a smaller offer to come to Cincinnati, his offer, his when he signed, I remember my reaction was, wow, that's way less than I thought he was going to get. Because mm-hmm. like the Kansas City offer, I think was twenty something million dollars a year, and they got him for under twenty. After the next year, where he again, I think he was a Pro Bowler. Not mm-hmm. did, obviously didn't go because the Super Bowl, but I think he was picked as a Pro Bowler. Um, yeah, the the Jets offered more. Man, is there a bigger <laughs> Joe Burrow pool than New York City for some people? Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati is the next New York City. It really yeah, is. People are saying. They, they're saying. I've been hearing it on the streets. Um, but uh, but no, really cool to see. And uh, thank you, Orlando Brown, for taking less to come to Cincinnati. We'll move on to our next mailbag question over there on the social media. Been seeing this a little bit. Speaking of the running back room, should the Bengals sign Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? I'm not going to be that excited. I don't think he's a future starting running back. At best, in my opinion, he's going to be a Pirine type, and I don't know. That if isn't he can a pass, bad thing. But I don't know if he can pass block like that. He's he's slow. He runs a four six, and it looks like it on the field. Um, he doesn't. He hasn't made too many guys miss in the NFL, even though he was pretty good at that in college. I just, I know Bengals fans are excited because you think about the 2019 LSU. This to me would be a little bit of like the, the Thad Moss stuff. It's like Eric used to talk about Thaddeus Moss. I know this guy was a first round pick, whatever else. I just, I haven't seen an NFL game from him that makes me go, you buy this guy low and you know, he's going to be the future of this Bengals backfield. I don't see it. I don't know. I think at best you're going to get a guy in a committee that, you know, he can do the passing game work, do the dirty stuff, but Hey, who knows? Maybe he, he, maybe he's better in Cincinnati than he was in Kansas city. I also think like, man, Andy Reed, I feel like any running back with talent under Andy Reed has been awesome. <laughs> so yeah. it slows me down even more. I'm like, can I name a running back that left Andy Reed and then had a better career? Yeah, I, I don't see it happening. I know it's fun to play that game. And I think yeah. there are people in a in a world, there are people in a world that think that Justin Jefferson will end up coming to Cincinnati and playing with Joe Burrow at some point. They think that that 2019 LSU team is all going to reunite back in Cincinnati. And, and hey, look, I'm all about being optimistic and, and, and 
reliving what that 2019 LSU team is. But you got Joe Burrow, you got Jamar Chase here, and that is exciting stuff. And that, and I, I think that it's okay that Clyde Edwards Hilaire, maybe he's with Kansas City, maybe he's not. Maybe he's available when there's cut down day. But I don't even, know. I don't even know what uh, their running back room looks like for RB two and RB three for Kansas City. Uh, well, RB two, RB three. Well, I think Alaire is supposed to be RB three. RB two, I think, is McKinnon. He seemed yeah. to steal that role from them last year, because yeah. because the thirty-two year old running back is more explosive in the passing game. <laughs> yeah, to be determined on what that looks like. And look, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll say this: when it comes to running backs, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cincinnati Bengals pick up someone when all the cuts mm-hmm. happen next week. And I wouldn't even be shocked if it's Alaire. I, I mean. Mm-hmm. It to me that would almost feel like Burroughs kind of like you know how Rogers takes Randall Cobb everywhere he goes. <laughs> it would kind of feel a little bit like that. Where he's like, "Hey, give me my guy Clyde," and he's yeah. kind of like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Back of the roster, <laughs> hang out with him, <laughs> whatever you need. Relive, relive 2019 LSU. Hey, I'm I'm fine with it. And look, maybe maybe it resets his NFL career and he has some success. Yeah. Here. Nobody's That's asking. That's what I would hope for. Nobody's asking him to be running back number one. And, and maybe that does change. So, all right. All right, I'm on the train. Bring Clyde here. Let's see what happens next week when it comes to cut down day. Moving on to another mailbag question. Thank you again for sending those over on Twitter. Who on the offensive line would be poached if they didn't survive cut down day? Carmen. I think there's probably somebody out mm-hmm. there who would at least do a waiver pickup or I don't think he'd be able to. You'd be able to get him back on the practice squad. Somebody would offer no. something too high pedigree. Other than that, uh, I wonder if you could get Adenogy onto the practice squad if he gets cut. I feel like Smith. You could. I don't think people are clamoring for Deontay Smith. I mean, he was a first, fourth round pick, so it wasn't a late day three. It's an early day three, but it was a day three pick. Adenogy also a late day three pick, but he has played in giant games. Some people care about that. Yeah. Also just saw the Eagles uh, cut, then re-sign Fred Johnson. <laughs> it's like, oh, Bengals legend, Super Bowl starter. Um, sure. So That's yeah. so wild that he was a starter in the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't think any of the interior backups won't make it to a practice squad. Ben Brown, Trey Hill, Max Sharping. Max Sharping would be the one, I guess. Wait, does yeah. he even hit? Does he even hit waiver wire though? Because I think they're going to keep him. I think so too. But like, say he blows his performance on Saturday and Trey Hill looks dominant and they just decide, let's go Trey Hill and we don't need to worry about sharpening. If they cut him, I feel like that's one because he's been in the league a while. I'm not sure if he goes to waivers or not. Yeah. It's, I hope, I just don't want to watch that ever again in a really <laughs> important playoff game. I really don't. I know what the Bills game looked like and, and congrats to them to be able to step up when the starters are down, but I, I don't want to see that again. So hopefully wishing the best of health to the offensive line and everybody stays healthy and you just keep your starters out there. And we don't have to talk about Hakeem Adenogy. Uh Jackson Carmen, I, I just, I still feel like he's on the roster. Um, I do think if they cut him, he would be on another roster. Uh, maybe yeah. another offensive line coach could feel like, Hey, we can do something with, with him. He, he could be, a part of our offensive line, or maybe he's a swing tackle on another team. So um, I, st- I just think they give him one more shot on the team, not to say that he's going to make a huge difference or anything like that, um, but just one more year in Cincinnati. And um, that'll probably be Jackson Carmen's story. But another, any more to add to that? Um, 
No, not really. In my mind, I was like, yeah, there's. <laughs> about it <laughs> there's not a lot of there, there's not a ton of like crazy i mean like while collins wouldn't be back if he got cut he would probably go somewhere but they're not going to cut him because oh. he's not healthy and also it's hard, kind of hard for Bengals fans to understand this right now you're not sellers you're not supposed to be selling off all your depth and everything you're supposed to keep that right now because the team that can withstand injuries and you know sort of like Make it to the Super Bowl is almost as much a testament to your depth and health than it is your talent. I mean, you can look at the Super Bowl year for them. You can look at last year in the game away from the Super Bowl that if they had that one healthy player in a position, they either have one Lombardi or two Lombardis. I mean, we don't know what that looks like, or at least another trip to the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, health is extremely important and, and very important positions on the offensive line uh, to have that health. I, I'm I'm looking forward to Lyle Collins taking his time. I, yeah. I think that this is such a benefit to this team that you aren't rushing him back and he could take his time to get fully healthy and he's not rushed back out there. And that is great news for Lyle Collins and the depth that, you know, they could see from from him out there on the offensive line. And hopefully Jonah works at right tackle, so you don't even have to worry about that. But I'm still all about having Lyle out there if they can they can put him out there and he's healthy and he's Lyle from the Dallas Cowboys. We'll go and to Yeah, and he's a weapon as an extra offensive lineman. But yeah, yeah let's move on. That would be huge. Next question. Biggest worries on offense and defense. Well, I no longer think right tackle is one of my biggest worries, and maybe that's putting too much stock in the preseason practice tape from Jonah Williams, but I think he looks fine. I think my biggest worry on offense is <laughs> such a niche thing, but the the pass protection running back. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything, and Burrow wasn't blitzed much last, much last year. But is that all because they don't want to blitz Burrow? Or is there a little bit of like, I'm not sending my linebacker to go get clamped up by Samaj P. Ryan? You know, like this guy's smart and he's strong and he's good technically. Like it's not working, so we're not going to do it. Um, so I worry a little bit about that. On the defensive side, it's what everybody talks about. You're worried about the secondary communication, especially the safeties, safety duo back there. I guess there's a little bit of worry that nobody takes that step and your pass rush is still super reliant on Trey Hendrickson. But I think my biggest worry would be the safety duo back there, even with good reviews, um, just early on at least. I think they're going to have to work to get their communication. Yeah, I think it's very easy to look at the safety room and say it might take a minute. Look, Dax Hill early on in that preseason game was really exciting, but I want to see it in a regular season game and him in his natural position and what that looks like. I still am excited about him. I think he's going to be a lot of fun and be worth the first round pick. You got Nick Scott out there too. It's just the communication and chemistry. It almost reminds you of an offensive line working together. You just need those end game reps in a regular season game and what difference that's going to make. You bring up the pass rush. And for all the bodies you have out there, the rotation, the excitement, some of the younger guys, I just want it to work out. I really do. I want them to put pressure on the quarterback and, and to say, like, look at the other AFC North teams when you go against guys like TJ Watt, Miles Garrett. I just want it to be a fearful defensive line, just putting pressure on opposing teams' quarterbacks. And maybe you putting pressure on the quarterback, you're getting a little bit of relief to the younger guys in your secondary. So uh, that's one thing that I'm going to be looking at. It's so easy. Um, honestly, to point to the offensive line. But I agree with you. 
Um, maybe I am just a little too optimistic about Jonah Williams at right tackle and the training camp reps that we've seen out there. But um, I feel pretty good if everybody can stay healthy that this is the best offensive line that Joe Burrow's had since he's been in Cincinnati. Oh, just needs to be- when you say that, though, I did. I said that so much last year. <laughs> and then Law Collins wasn't as good as we thought he would be. So well, You know what? It was okay. It was okay for what Joe and maybe Joe like hides a lot of the blemishes, but it just it also like, wasn't okay the first four weeks. Well, no, 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 not the first four weeks because we were on here talking about like what's going yeah. on with this offensive oh, line. And I've already already seen people start going with the Frank Pollock questions again. It's like, man, no. he's not Bill Callahan. But if you're gonna fire every offensive line coach you have until you can find Bill Callahan, give it's up. Not good. That's hard to do. You had your shot. You had the shot at the man, Bill Callahan himself, and they turned him down for Jim Turner. So, um, you know, that was a learning experience for Zach Taylor. When Zach Taylor goes and wins a bunch of Super Bowls, he's going to have a 30 for 30, and he's going to talk about the Jim Turner year and everything <laughs> that years. happened. Two Cordy, years. Cordy Glenn, everything. It's going to be like, yeah, the two years. Of just, it was, was wasn't Cordy, that when Clint Bullock? Didn't Marvin trade for Cordy? I think Cordy was a Marvin guy. I thought Cordy was here for at least one part of Joe, or for one part. I think he was here two years. I think he was here Zach Taylor's first year. It never really worked out. He was kind of here, but he was. And it's just, I want to know about. I want Zach Taylor. I hope they win tons and tons of Super Bowls and championships. But he sits down and says, "You want to talk about the 2019 year? Let's talk about the 2019 year and everything that happened." Maybe the first 10 minutes of a documentary. If yeah, this team well, can win, moving on, moving on. If they can't, you know. But. And then, I mean, just the story of that 2019 to 2023 to say, "Look, I, I know, I want, I want this team to win championships. I want them to win a Super Bowl, and and I do feel like they have the talent. And you have Joe Burrow, who's going to change this franchise, and he has changed this franchise for the better." But it's absolutely insane to think about the the 2019 and then even 2020 when Joe Burrow was injured his rookie year to say the next year you go to a Super Bowl. The next year you're a game away from another Super Bowl. Being that close to Dak Taylor, Joe Burrow having these playoff wins. And it's just um, it it has me excited for the season because you have a lot of the roster returning. You have the coaching staff out there. And I don't think a lot of teams at that type of level on top of the AFC and the NFC can say, look at all the coaching assistants that we still have on this roster. And I think a lot of these assistants are a huge part of this team and even defensive coordinator and Brian Callen on the offensive coordinator side too. So anyway, that question was the biggest worry on offensive defense. <laughs> Do you love how I just kind of went and like took it a whole nother place? Sorry. But yes, my biggest worry on, on offense is um, I guess I could say the running back room too. It's such an yeah. easy one to say, and this is not about Joe Mixon. It's just, Although I'm big fantasy people. I'm big on Joe Mixon this year. What do you think about that number? You see the number? I think they said uh, it was either 750 for for Joe this year, the over-under in Vegas. 750 rushing yards? I, I want to say it was 750 or 850. I would pound the over on either one of those. 850? I would go over. Rush- 900, I think, is where I would start to get a little worried. But, yeah, like 850. You can let me know. But I want to say it was like 850 in Vegas. Man. no. Well, the, the real reason I'm bigger on him this year is just – he got so much passing game work last year because of the way defenses are playing. And mm-hmm. now he's probably gonna get more this year. But yeah. we need to we need to hit more people's questions. We do, and we're gonna be wrapping up our podcast soon. But one more question, we'll get to it because we always lie and say we're gonna get to more, and I keep talking. Uh, what do you want to see from the offense? 
I kind of hit on this with the explosive plays. I want to see better play action from the shotgun. I don't really care about going under center. I just, Joe Burrow's not comfortable with it, then no. fine. Let's find a way to work around it. And let's develop a pass game with a play action that actually threatens defenses from the shotgun. I agree. It works for them. Keep doing it. You don't have to just it, do what works. Do what mm -hmm. works for the Cincinnati Bengals. There was actually a really good piece. Kevin Clark um, over on the ringer. He always has good friend stuff. Of the show. Friend of the show. Um, had a great piece on Joe Burrow. Did you did you read it? Yeah. It was good. It was really was good. good. I love the I love the one part. It was about how the team puts the offense has a play call sheet that's extra large and it's just like a whole thing against a bunch of different coverages because teams play the Bengals different than they do I don't know, you know, the Steelers offense mm -hmm. or you know just a generic offense you know they just run their scheme but then they play against the Bengals and they go like we got to play tampa or we got to play you know all these different coverages and just try to you know we're going for the big dog right now and they took a peyton manning thing which was bring the extra long play sheet and then just build your game plan after you see what they're doing so like it looks like it's going to be a tampa game was the uh what brian said in the interviews like looks like it's tampa game what were your three favorite concepts against that joe and he goes bam 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 and then they run them and he's like yeah that went well it's it's so wild to look back just on that 10 game streak and honestly when the offense started to change um after well you could even kind of point to the second half of the ravens game going forward it was it was just a whole different offense zach taylor raised his hand and was like look we have to change something and yeah. uh, people were calling i mean i think we we talked about it was zach taylor calling plays you know what what the future of 20 oh yeah it was getting it was getting late and early on in the season, and we we're like, "Well, wait a minute, this isn't really going well." And uh, they changed things, and that was awesome. And I'm just excited what they're going to look like on the offensive side of the ball in 2023. Um, I know we're kind of running a little over on time, but preseason game number three is going to be uh, wrapping up on Saturday. What are you going to have on all Bengals? Probably something on preseason game three. I know I walked right into that one. Um, and then next week, though, I'm really hope I still haven't gotten it yet, but I'm trying to get the Jim Schwartz film so that I can do a preview about Jim Schwartz defense, this new defense that the Browns might employ week one and put that out. That's what I'm more excited for, but I am going to do preseason content as well. Yeah, next week will be kind of fun because we can do, I mean, not this part for players. I hate saying it's going to be fun to talk about roster cuts. That part won't be fun. But talking about the roster of what the roster will look like, we have a better feel of what it's going to look like. And it's never over and final uh, when the cut day happens because the Bengals might pick up another player from another team if they are cut. So we'll kind of talk about what that looks like when it comes to the prediction of the roster for a lot of position groups. And then we'll get prediction time. You know, how we feel like the shape of the AFC North is, is going to come out. One of the best divisions in football, some would say the best um i know the afc east is competing for that too but overall i think this is um you can look at about two to three teams um in the north and say hey they could be playoff teams and um that'll be fun to talk about when it comes to expectations predictions and just the afc overall when we get into almost a, well, two weeks before the big game yeah. in cleveland i can't wait to get that cleveland game over with oh my god no I, i'm excited to see it just get it over with. I just, I just get them over with in Cleveland, and then you move on. You come back home. You play Baltimore at home, and uh, doesn't get easy. <laughs> it doesn't get easier for them. So it'll be, um, it'll be fun to look at. But yeah, that's everything we have right now. On it's always game day in Cincinnati. I'm excited that preseason is almost in the books, and we can talk about real football. Hopefully, the return of Joe Burrow. 
Maybe some money talk next week or the next few weeks when it comes to some of the players before they hit the plane to Cleveland. Uh, make sure you're following along. Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.